This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the Bowtie Bandit of Blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist here at Mayo Clinic. Today, we're rounding with Dr. Diva Salomo, a, a professor of laboratory medicine and pathology at Mayo Clinic. She's also a diversity and inclusion leader for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Salomo. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Kreuter, for having me. I'm really excited to kind of dive in uh, to this topic today, but maybe it's best if we kind of start off with the why and kind of, could you set for us, you know, why is it important for laboratory medicine and pathology to be deliberate about diversity and inclusion? Well, it's a passion of mine, so let's, uh, let's summarize here. Uh, diversity is important in any setting because diversity brings creativity, it fosters innovation, and uh, in the laboratory setting especially, you know, uh, this is uh, very important. It uh, fits very well with our uh, business plan, right? We want to move ahead. Uh, but diversity without inclusion basically doesn't work because you can have as, as much diversity as you want, but if the people around the table, a group of people always dominate the conversation or some never participate, then you're not uh, leveraging the advantage of the diversity. And in order to be successful, you know, diversity and inclusion efforts need to be intentional and uh, relentless, always there. We need to be, you know, always thinking, be on the forefront of everything we do. So are we being inclusive? Are, do we have everybody, all the players? Are we hearing everybody, <laughs> you know? So um, do our um, uh, efforts uh, really uh, bring diversity and inclusion to the, uh, um, are we being systematic reviewing our process? For example, on interviews, uh, do we have a diverse committee that is interviewing the candidates? Did we wait to have a very diverse pool of candidates? Do we have objective criteria for you know, evaluating the candidates so we don't have to use, which, which is often used, do they fit? the model, which mm. is very subjective and, and invites to homogeneity and uh, non-diverse groups. So that's why you need to be deliberate. I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, that's perfect. And I love that you use the example of recruitment because that's that's very timely. Right now, uh, you know, it's the beginning of August. Uh, we're uh, going to be entering our uh, recruitment season for new residents and uh, fellowships. And so I wonder, this concept of uh, fit, like you say, it's been so attractive for many years where somebody's, you know, does, does this person fit with our program? And, and perhaps maybe trainees, when they're interviewing places, are thinking, do I fit? Uh, in this place. How do you recommend that we transform that question into something that is going to invite diversity and inclusion? How can we transform that question from do they fit to, to a different question? As I said, having very objective criteria makes the process uh, more fair 
and equal, okay? Uh, inviting diversity, you really need to value diversity. Uh, so what diversity brings to the table. And when I say diversity, I'm not saying just diversity of uh, race and ethnicity. I'm saying, you know, life experiences, where you got your education. Because, you know, if we're always using people that we trained or were our, our students, we all think alike right? So we don't have uh, different solutions to problems, let's put that way. So diverse groups, they often outperform homogeneous groups in finding creative solutions and innovative solutions. So the fit model, it's a tough one because I think for a very long time we use that <laughs> and it's only human to feel comfortable with people that think like you and look like you and uh, have the same likes as you. And uh, so I think, like I said, going back, objective criteria. So what do you need to perform this task? What are the uh, qualities or the, what are the abilities that you're looking, the skills you're looking for, for that certain job description? So. I really like that. So, I mean, that really does transform the question for me into into something, I guess, maybe that I need to think about and we all need to think about ahead of time. Because I think that fit question is often uh, after somebody has interviewed. But if we're deliberate up front about, you know, these are the things that we are looking for. And then during the interview, you're sort of assessing based on those different criteria up front. So is what I'm hearing you right, that it's not so much transforming the question, but it's really putting it up ahead of the interview and thinking about what you're trying to recruit. What for. are these skills? You know, yeah. focus on skills and take the personal uh, appearances and age and uh, things out of the equation. So, you know, for somebody like me where I'm participating in a lot of the initiatives that are going on now at our at our institution and becoming more aware of uh, systemic racism but I'm not really aware of you know, what information have we recently learned about diversity and inclusion in the workplace? What, what's some of the newer findings that, that people are discussing? Um, right now in the forefront, we're discussing a lot of the disparities. Uh, I mean, 2020 has been really a, a unique year for all of us. And I want to preface saying that we bring our whole selves to work every day. So we bring our worries, we bring our success, our happinesses, things that, uh, you know, happen at home and not. So the events, the current events have touched us all in, in many different ways. And COVID pandemics totally disrupted the way we uh, knew as the regular rhythm of our routine lives, right? So we had to adjust. So you and I are not in the same room having this interview. We would otherwise. Kids are not going to school. So parents with uh, small children are having to juggle many, many balls. Uh, some of our employees, um, spouses have lost jobs. So what COVID pandemics uh, has brought to the forefront was to expose that uh, there were a lot of disparities 
you know, disparities on uh, healthcare as well as uh, disparities uh, on economic stress, access to remote education, uh, all of it. And uh, our employees, our students, uh, everybody got touched on that way. On top of it, we had the unfortunately events uh, of the police brutality. We were a captive audience and uh, brought by social media. Uh, and we had had a, a cry or a call for social justice, and uh, it has really propelled to the front and center, you know, the need to address systemic racism, as you said, and discrimination of all sorts. And I am really happy that uh, Mayo Clinic took the initiative and has taken a very strong stand to fight against uh, discrimination, inequities, uh, racism, and DLMP as well. So we have uh, started a series of town halls. A couple of weeks ago was one on systemic racism. Uh, this Thursday, we have a part two, if you will, which is a uh, on white privilege. And we're gonna have a third one on social responsibility and community engagement, because I think we're so privileged as an institution and where we work that we have a responsibility to collaborate and support the ones that are struggling and uh, uh, need help and need our support. So, and that will be followed by some small group discussions. And I think it will be uh, really important for people to participate and bring their ideas, hear other people's experiences and learn from each other. So those forums are really for us to learn from each other. I'm very enthusiastic about it. Of course, yeah. we got a big plan, but that's the short-term plan. For more laboratory education, including a listing of live conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit news.mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education. I'm really, really excited by the plan also, not only because as you've described for us, a number of the different strategies that you're using, uh, that it's really a sustained effort. This isn't kind of a one and done, you know, sort of phenomenon. And I was curious if we could just unpack that a little bit more, if we could just kind of dive in a little bit deeper. Maybe we're a little bit specific now for our laboratory medicine colleagues that are listening, but I was wondering if you could unpack and how is it easier and or harder to move the needle on diversity inclusion in the laboratory? Yeah, we are a very large department. We're 4,000 employees. And we have numerous laboratories and uh, we have the laboratorians, uh, we have the students, we have uh, um, a little bit of patient care uh, interface and, uh, and then we have the suppliers and everybody else that we work with. What's hard on for the department to move the needle is that we're so fragmented. You know, so every effort is a huge effort. So some departments were able to mobilize quickly 200 people for a discussion. For us, it's like a 4,000. So we have to break in smaller 
groups. So it's hard to get a pulse sometimes of uh, what's going on uh, in each work unit, if you will. But like I said, we have been working on creating a environment or a program, if you will, our plan involves working with everyone. So from leadership to supervisors, managers, leads on the work unit, uh, really bring diversity and inclusion, the language, the value to everyone. So the effort is ours, the responsibility is ours to to move the mission forward, let's put that way. So what will, you know, that's the, the hardest part. And as I said, at this time, I wish we didn't have COVID-19 so we could meet on conference rooms and really have honest discussions. Those are very difficult conversations that are going on right now uh, about discrimination and systemic racism. And I think it would be better if we were face-to-face. Uh, we're having to use Zoom and not everybody is comfortable speaking up or speaking out. And so that is one thing that has made it a little harder for us. That's kind of interesting to think about how COVID is impacting uh, these efforts. Maybe to think, uh, hopefully, beyond COVID. Uh, you know, you're a leader here for diversity and inclusion. And I was wondering, kind of, the vision, you know, where do you think in, in five years, where will laboratory medicine and pathology, where will we be five years from now uh, with respect to diversity and inclusion? Thanks for asking that question, because we've been talking about the short-term plan, which is the having the town halls and having the small group discussions and listening sections, but we do have a, a big plan. And um, the overarching goals, I'd say, is to increase diversity at all levels of the department, and I'll say including on leadership circle, so uh, having representation of uh, uh, minorities and people of color in our leadership circle as well. And the second goal is to improve the culture of inclusion. So we want to have a, a workplace where people have a, a sense that they belong. So it's beyond feeling included. It's, it's really feeling like you belong. So you participate, you're valued by your uniqueness and your voice is heard. And the third goal, it's really to go beyond. So leadership and DLMP uh, has uh, committed to be, to collaborate and be supportive of our community, our black communities and minority communities um, around us with the sponsorships and mentorships, uh, standing to do business with uh, smaller Black-owned business uh, suppliers. I think, you know, that is a very ambitious, <laughs> but I think it's great. And I am uh, glad that the leadership is committed. So in five years, I hope we have a more diverse a more inclusive work culture and workplace, and that we are really collaborating with uh, our minority communities and Black communities. So we're making a difference. 
Absolutely. I think that kind of connects with a common theme that we have running throughout these podcasts of, you know, connecting laboratory medicine and the clinical practice through conversations. And, and um, I see diversity in the, that, in that, uh, you know, people from different backgrounds coming together and then this whole idea of conversations. It's an active thing is, is this inclusion piece. And I really like that that's, that's threaded in there as well. Thank you so much. We've been rounding with Dr. Diva Salamo on the importance of diversity and inclusion with laboratory medicine and pathology. Thank you for taking the time to discuss this topic with us, Dr. Salamo. Thanks for having me. If you have enjoyed Lab Medicine Rounds podcast, please subscribe. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email. Please direct any suggestions to mcleducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations. Mm -hmm.